Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I'm privileged to uh, sharing with you this, the, the word for this week. Let's open our hearts and minds to receive the word. Let's bow our heads and pray. Let us pray. O God, who through the grace of adoption chose us to be children of light, grant, we pray, that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life, for my sake, will find it. Whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. We take another step in our journey and um, we are learning from Jesus something amazing that is uh, clarified here in a very special way. So I think we are waiting for a truth today. Aren't you glad you came? And I'm glad you joined in at home. Hopefully they can hear. Uh, Okay. Good. So what's happening? Jesus is telling us this that we have been given what Jesus is giving us is so special, is so amazing that nothing on earth compares to it. And we must make sure, therefore, that we don't mix and match because what Jesus is giving us is absolutely unique. What is giving us? Well, guess what? He's telling us that God loves us so much that he found a way to share our life so that we can share his. Do you understand what that means? It means that now when Jesus tells us that when we are in the world, when we live the world, when we do the will of God, when we deepen our relationship with God, 
we can already enjoy here, now, eternal life. Eternal life is not necessarily just life eternal when we go on the other side of creation and we're going to spend time with God. And we think that it's going to be such a long time, it's eternity, right? When we say, oh, it, that harmony lasts an eternity. It only lasts a few minutes, but it feels like it's a long time. So, but that's not it. Eternal life refers especially to the life of the eternal one. Eternal is an adjective, refers to the eternal one. And therefore, we can now share, enjoy, experience life, the life of God. I mean, do we understand what we do? We are supposed to be doing the waves and things, you know. This is our reality. This is who we really are. People who can share now the life of God. It means that this life of God not only changes us more and more into Christ, but also seeps into the world. And every single gesture, every single word, every single look, every single action we make as Christians, because we have this life, imprints everything with the life of God. And that's how we can change the world with the Holy Spirit. On Pentecost, we have been saying, Lord, send us your spirit and renew the face of the earth. How do you think the Holy Spirit is going to do it? Through the ministry that he has with us and through us bring this renewal. But this doesn't happen easily, right? It happens as a process. Happens as a process. And therefore, we call this attempt that we should all take to live out this reality every single day, every single hour of the day, we call that discipleship. To be a disciple means to have a discipline, disciple, discipline, same root word, to discipline to follow the master. A very important game that we learn to play, I hope we still do, as a child, is follow the leader, right? I don't know if the kids still play, probably it's not a tablet that, that came on the you know. But uh, follow the leader is very important because in a way it makes us aware that if you read the book of Revelation, you see that the saints, people of living God, they follow the Lamb, this is a quote, wherever it goes. Follow the leader, okay? The, the, the Lamb goes that way, they all go that way. And you say, but I want to go that way. And now we're following the leader. And that's what the disciple is. As a discipline to put the foot where the master put it. And we follow Christ. Okay? So Jesus, in fact, is developing this theme of discipleship. We follow him. This is what Christianity is. We cannot have a Christianity without this concept of following Christ. We cannot say, well... Yeah, I'm following Christ, but up to this point, then I'm going to do my way, my thing. Because the moment we do that, we see that there is a conflict, and that life of God that Jesus wants us to experience is no longer available to us. And we feel that this God thing, all the things that, we are, that Jesus talked about, they don't seem to happen in us. Well, that's a moment in which we can take a look at our life and says, what struggle am I having in following Jesus? What is it that I draw the line and say, no, 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 Jesus cannot ask me for this. Now, discipleship comes at a cost because everything in life comes at a cost, right? So we want to ask ourselves uh, today is what is the cost? 
Is it worth paying? And what am I getting out of it? Isn't that what we usually think as humans? And Jesus knows this very, very well because he took our own life. He knows how we think. And that's how he is teaching us following these concepts. Jesus seems to put putting on us a very bizarre request. He says, whomever loves father, mother, sons or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's a little bizarre, don't you think? Don't you think? This is the audience participation part. You can reply, okay. You know. uh, it's a little, don't you, it's a little too much. So what does it mean? First of all, Jesus is helping us to look at the basic things of life. And he's going to deal with it uh, throughout. I told you, whatever Jesus is bringing cannot be compared or mixed with anything else. So Jesus is now facing three things that were the basic staples, the basic level foundations of their society. And he's trying to make them understand how these things must be seen in a different way. The three things that were part of the foundation of their society was God, country, and family. Sounds familiar? Every major society actually has these three pillars upon which everything stands. If one of these becomes weaker, you're going to start getting used to wobbling, right? Okay. So now Jesus takes the first one, family. And what is he saying? Say, listen, up to now, you have been following rule and obeyed rule because of you appear that if you don't do what God says, if you don't do what people think you should do, you're going to get in trouble. For us Christians, that is not a valid way of looking at things. Why? Because now we can experience the life of God. And we know that God, who is love, does everything out of love, and what does, it, what does love want wants back? What does the lover want from the beloved? Obedience because of fear? No. What does he want? He wants to be loved back. So now we have to understand that everything must be seen through the lens of love. Two linguistic problems. What does love mean, and what does the expression worthy of me mean. Love has nothing to do with a psychological emotion, like we understand it now. Back then, there was no concept of psychology. Love, uh, love refers especially in something that we would call today loyalty to someone. When Jesus says we have to love one another, well, we don't have feelings for one another, you know, but we can be loyal to one another. We can be loving to one another. Do you understand? We use the word in English in a very different way. I think we overuse the word in English. I love pasta. I love what you've done with your hair. True things they have never said to me. <laughs> and then we say to one another, I love you. Like, what is it? You love me like pasta? You love me, uh, you know? It, it's just bizarre. We overuse this word in English. In Hebrew, in Greek, in their culture, it meant something completely different. So let's understand that, okay? It's preferring somebody 
over and putting all the loyalty towards one person. Not worthy of me. That's an expression that comes, it's a, it's a translation, but it refers to uh, you are not fit. You're not fit for this. Now imagine Christian life, your life, our life, is a square, and you have to put it in a circle. You remember another childhood uh, skill activities that we used to do? Okay? And whatever, you keep pushing, and that thing will never fit. And that's what the expression refers to. So Jesus is saying, don't consider certain things as important. First of all, in the family relationships. At the time of Jesus, he's saying, we can no longer have husband and wife relate with one more important than another. And parents cannot be disrespectful for children. Okay? It, 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 everything must be seen in a way of loving, and love always creates unity, not abuse. And then Jesus is telling us, in order for us to fit our square life into the circle, we have to smooth the edges off. And that's the Christian life. That's the, the discipleship. We live our life and learn how to take those edges off so that we can fit in. And that's the concept of being worthy of someone else. Are you with me? Now, how do we do it? Well, Jesus said, we as Christians have at the center of our life, of our spirituality, the cross. The cross doesn't mean that we just look for or accept passively suffering. That's a very bad misunderstanding. It's really misunderstanding what Jesus is saying. Some people say, you know, I'm in this abusive relationship, that's my cross. Jesus said that I have to carry my cross. No, we need to talk about this. That's not what he is going for. The cross means and refers to something that allows us to imitate Jesus. When Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to pick up the cross, this picking up the cross also comes with deny yourself. Here in this gospel, he says, whomever loves his life will lose it. Sometimes we are so attached to our way of doing things that we consider them more important than following Jesus. To pick up the cross, it means that we have the values of God. We value what God values. We love who God loves. And that requires a completely change of mindset. That's why, why Paul in the second reading tells us that in order for us to enter into this mystery, we have to remember that we are baptized. Sometimes we Christians identify ourselves more with things. We are pro-life, against this, up and down, left and right, all these things, rather than claiming the most basic and beautiful thing that we have. God has adopted us. We are His children. We can call God Father because He really is. Once we get this, all the rest will come. But let's not forget we are baptized. And to be baptized means to be dying constantly into Christ by saying all my selfish desires no longer count. Me wanting to be always right doesn't really make me who I am. My self-esteem comes from baptism. Where does your self-esteem come from? 
Baptism, can we say that louder? Where does our self-esteem come from? Baptism means that God said, you're my child. We rejoice, that's what he meant. That's the beginning and end of everything. So we now have to change our lives so that we can live accordingly, so that we can enjoy and experience what Jesus is saying. That's why Jesus now is associating the concept of welcoming, being open. We Christians cannot constantly live our life fighting, defending, pushing, and thinking. We say, hey, this is who I am. Welcome. You're my enemy. I'll give you a cold water, glass of water. Look at what's happening in the first reading. That woman of influence allows, is open to the prophet, to the word of God. And it creates, interestingly enough, it's a beautiful detail. We are not going to go into it. But he builds a house on top of the house, a room on top of the house. Because the prophet always sees more than the rest of us. When we welcome the word, when we welcome God's word into our life and make it there, you know, make it stay there, what happens? We become fruitful. She had a child. We become fruitful. What a life of blessing. What a life of, uh, of love. What a great life that we are asked to live. Isn't that good news? Your enthusiasm is thrilling today. I have to tell you. Okay, this is a great news. So we want to do whatever we can do to reclaim this beautiful gift we have received, baptism, and say, am I putting any other values on top of this? Am I considering certain things more important than others? Well, you know, because my, fa my family has always done things this way, I have to do it too. Well, sometimes it's time to say no. I'm going to do them a little bit different. Well, but we are Italian. We should only do th this. Well, we can learn from the Irish. And I just shivered for some reason. But, you know, it, it, it's this openness to another. Openness to questioning. Where are my values and what are my priorities? In this way, we'll be constantly dying to ourselves, our selfish desires, picking up the values that God is giving us and live a crucified life, a life that is always open to the resurrection. And with this, we continue to pray, reclaiming and bringing to the altar our yes and our willingness to live for God as his disciples. And no matter the time, no matter the cost, be committed to follow only him. I really hope the word invited and inspired you to recommit yourself to follow Jesus and being disciple. Obviously, this gospel passage is so rich, so full that uh, maybe too much information went into it, but uh, into the homily. But um, if you have any question, don't hesitate to contact me and um, let's continue to pray for each other so that together we can witness to the world that being a disciple of Jesus truly makes a difference in one's life. God bless, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.